1: What's up and what's happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. I hope each and every one of you are having a great day, and thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight I'm here with my co-host, Dustin Smith, and we're here to talk a little bit about the 82-73 victory for your 21st-ranked Auburn Tigers who improved to 13-3 on the year and 3-1 in the Southeastern Conference. Man, the Auburn Tigers go on the road to Oxford, Mississippi, pick up a big-time conference dub. And man, Wendell Green Jr., Jonah Broom, and Alan Flanagan. Big time, big time down the stretch for the Auburn Tigers. We will talk about the Chris Moore injury, get Dustin's thoughts on that. And then after the little basketball talk, we will hop over to the Georgia shellacking of TCU. And I know my buddy Dustin's got some words for Sonny Dykes and his comments on the SEC, so I can't wait to talk to him about that. And man, Hugh Freeze does it again. Yes, that's right, people. We get a flip from Illinois, a big-time center to come in and anchor down the offensive line for the Auburn Tigers. And, man, was Brett Bielema having a day on Twitter. I mean, in pure sulk mode. Illinois fans comparing themselves to the Auburn Tigers football program. Absolutely insane. Some of the craziest tweets I've ever seen, people. But we are here tonight to talk all about it. So we are going to get Dustin in here, and we are going to get after it. War Damn Eagle, everybody.
2: Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to another episode of the Uptempo Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Dustin Smith, tonight. Dustin, man, big time victory on the road, 82-73 over the Ole Miss Rebels. Whew, man, big time to see Auburn. 3-1 in the SEC. I know we hit hit a little panic mode there after the Georgia loss, uh, but, man, the Auburn Tigers bounce back and a big-time victory over Arkansas and then go on the road now over Ole Miss. Uh, just what are your initial thoughts after this game last night, man?
0: This is what I was saying a week ago. Don't panic, right? Yeah. There's plenty of basketball to be played. I've had to remind some people on Twitter today that the Final Four team, they lost nine games. They got smacked around. Uh, a lot of people trying to discredit the win. You know, it's old miss. Lose to them. Yeah. Lose to him and then watch the freak out. <laughs> so, like, you got to, you know, you got to win. And the big thing that stood out to me, bud, is roles continue to get
1: defined. Mm hmm.
0: And there are guys that are starting to get hot that we really need to get hot.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and one guy, when when we open this thing up, man, one guy I really want to talk about right now is Alan Flanagan. Yeah, uh, 22, man. What a performance he had last night. He looks healthy. He looks ready. Uh, he looks just – he's got that step back, Dustin. He's got that step back, uh, lowering his head, getting to the rim. Uh, mid-range looked really good. I know he had the 1-3 last night. Uh, he just played, especially, we know on the defensive end what he's going to do. We're not worried about that. But, man, offensively, just talk a little bit about Alan Flanagan and the performance he had last night. That's three in a row, Blake. Mm-hmm.
2: Right when conference play started, he flipped the switch. Yep. And he looks more athletic than he has since that 20, well, the 2021 season. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's got the pop
0: back. He looks like he's got the explosiveness back. And – something that he did a good job of the whole team did a good job on it we touch on it later but alan did a good job was teams are going to go zone just like we talked about with arkansas how we win zone people are going to go zone with us because we struggle to shoot mm-hmm. and flan did a very good job of getting to the basket in that zone finding the holes in the zone or he kind of he was coming right up there a little bit in front of the free throw line had it mm-hmm. popping that floater up in the paint he did a good job of finding the holes in the zone and then like we talked about the other night as well five rebounds and they were they were if you go back and watch those rebounds they were they were big rebounds they were at crucial times and when you're doing other stuff that starts that you can get going on offense as well. Okay, now I'm, I'm playing good defense. Mm-hmm. I'm rebounding the ball well. I'm passing the ball well. I'm cutting down on my turnovers. And now the ball is starting to go in. And that's, like I said, that's three in a row. So it's almost at the point now where you say, okay, we can start expecting this because he's stacking them. And if we get that version of Alan Flanagan, then the ceiling for this team goes up
1: a little bit. Mm. Absolutely. One hundred percent agree, man. I've uh, been calling it all year. I just it was a matter of time, man. I knew twenty-two was gonna I knew he was gonna get there, Dustin. I just didn't know when. I knew he was eventually the the flip was gonna switch and we were gonna see greatness again. And boy, we have seen it the past couple games, man. Another guy Uh, in my opinion, the guy that has really stepped his game up and has shown himself as the leader of this team, man, is Wendell Green, Jr. 32 minutes last night, 5 of 15 from the floor, 2 of 5 from 3, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, Dustin, and 23 points, man. Down the stretch, you could just feel Wendell Green, Jr. taking the game over. Just talk a little bit about his performance, man. They control the offense,
0: and the first half shooting, wasn't good, mm-hmm.
2: but uh, he bounced back. He did, you know, actually put the ball in the in the basket in the second half. It was eleven for eleven from the free throw line. Mm. That's that's the key.
0: Um, and the thing about the th- again doing other things. So he was struggling early shooting the ball, mm-hmm. but you weren't too worried about it going into halftime because he was passing well, he was defending well, the energy was there, he looked engaged, and he was still getting to the basket. So. There's going to be nights when the shots aren't falling for you. We
2: would like it to get more consistent from our guards, but we with long, large enough sample size, and know what these guys are. Mm-hmm. And but for him to be five for fifteen and still find a way to contribute points in other ways,
0: and he's a streaky guy, so like or he has been. So for him to have a, bra- a bad first half, what we usually see is that usually plays. He just he, he starts rolling downhill and he can't get a hold of it. But he bounced back. And just like seven assists, man, he controlled the game, and his effort defensively was the best that it's
1: been in a long time. Hmm. Man, and and you talk about that defense, and and Jonai Broom, man, just around the rim, what a dog, man. Him and Jalen Williams last night, uh both just played exceptionally well. Um, Joe Nye, he I th- he dumped in nineteen. Jalen with twelve. Man, Jalen five of eight from the field. Had thirty-one minutes. Uh, both of them, and Joe Nye with eleven boards. Dustin, H- how big are yeah. these two guys right here?
0: With Jai, it's about obviously the production he's bringing, and it looks like. He's big he started getting accustomed. Mm-hmm. Took him a little bit, it looks like, to get just it's a new system, new team, new guys, um, new level of competition. But absolutely like Gowan, and Broom was still playing a lot better than Flan was, but that conference play hit and he seems to have kicked it up a little bit. Okay, now it's time to get serious. I mean, we watched him eliminate castleton to start it off. Mm-hmm. And he's just continued to be that guy. Um his, his production speaks for itself and then the attitude that he brings it's awesome man And it's, it's uh it's something I'm not sure the team had last year and it's one thing for a guy like KD to be a trash talker but when you're big is a, a trash talker and he's physically imposing himself mm-hmm. especially in this league where they're just letting it go down low mm-hmm. I mean dude SEC officiating. <laughs> if somebody gets punched in the face when they're shooting the ball, it's a foul.
1: Absolutely. It is
0: a foul. There was at the end of the first half, when Jennai got to I has a ball and their guy does some some less uh less uh Brian Kelly on the on the recruit videos. I mean he gets just R. <laughs> Kelly bumping and grinding Janai. Got his arms around <laughs> his waist, like and the ref just stares at it. Yeah. Interesting officiating last night, but mm-hmm. Janai stayed focused, stayed calm. He was getting hammered like he got punched in the face. Yeah. Uh, but maintained composure and just the offense is running through him, like him and Wynn. There are several times where it's just dump the ball down to Janai and let him cook. And he's hitting post moves. He's got a little up and under. He's developing. Uh, it's awesome, man. He's just getting better every game.
1: Yeah, man, I, <laughs> a dog. And and I remember earlier, you know, before we got into conference play, I'll always remember this, man. I said, Jonai has a chance for us to be better down low this year. Than we were last year, and that's not a knock at Walker because he's a phenomenal player. But like you mentioned last episode, man, Jonai brings that dog to him. All right, he's got that. He's got that different mentality. I think Jonai's got that killer mentality, man, where he smells blood in the water and he goes and takes it. And I think that's what's a little different about this year's team is Walker was more of Mister Nice Guy. You know, and he, hey, and Blake, a highly rated kid. You're, you're right on the attitude,
2: but also a highly rated kid. Janai's a guy coming from Moorhead State trying yep.
1: to prove himself. Yeah, great point. Great point. Uh, <laughs> coming coming from Moorhead State, uh, you know, just a, a smaller school. Man, didn't get a lot of love, and now he's at Auburn and he's playing with a chip on his shoulder, man. And and you love to see it, uh, Dustin. Man, we had a big injury last night. Chris Moore, SEMO, goes down, man. Uh, How tough is this going to be for the Auburn Tigers? Uh, Just to to overcome this, how long might he be out? And who might step into that role that SEMO was playing for Auburn? When you look at the minutes, and I mean, Flan got 34. Mm -hmm. um, You go back and I'm trying to – has there been any update on SEMO? No, there hasn't. Not – not through like Auburn. rumor stuff going around Twitter, but it wasn't, Yeah, you know, can't verify it. Yeah, not through Auburn, there hasn't, man. I got you.
0: Um, hopefully, man, it's just, I mean, I don't want to go off Twitter rumor. It doesn't appear to be too serious, like, separated shoulder, you know, I would think maybe a week or two, maybe with something like that. Um, we go back to last year when we ran that three guard line up a lot with KD and. Zepp and win. Uh maybe you have to do something like that. I don't like the way KD's playing, though, so maybe you have to do that with Trey. Maybe mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for Chance Westry to get eight nine-minutes and prove something. And shout-out to Johan Traor. Physically, yeah. not a great night, but that's the first time in the regular season
2: that Treyor has looked competent and like he knew what he was doing out there. Mm. He, a bad three. He got excited. He had made a couple good
0: plays on both ends. But I'm okay with that. So maybe that's the sign of things to come. Hopefully, like, playing these guys, are going to have to stack. So maybe there's some minutes there. with it. If, if Seymour's going to be out a couple weeks, I, I don't think it's too serious. It didn't, you know, like, he stayed on the, on the sideline, that kind of thing on the bench. I mean, so maybe it's an opportunity for Chance and Johan you know, to get some minutes and, and figure something out. Or, you know, maybe see a three-car lineup with Trey and Zep out there. We'll have to see how it goes, but that's not something that we can afford to be
1: long-term. Simo does too much for us. Well, Dustin, man, look, there's some stats. There's some team stats that really pop out to me, man. Uh, The first one is Auburn shoots 30 of 61 from the field, 49%, man. I know we didn't shoot it great from three, but free throws, Dustin, 18 of 22 for 81%, Dustin. I mean, kudos to this Auburn team, man. We have said over and over again, go to the free throw strike, the charity strike. They call it that for a reason, Dustin, and get it fixed. And these last couple games, man, the Auburn Tigers have done exceptionally well at the free throw strike, man. And another thing, 10 turnovers, 10 total turnovers last night. We will take that number night in, night out, Dustin. The only thing that I had a concern with last night was the fouling in the second half Uh, just Auburn was fouling a little too much in the second half man it just felt like every time you know we would play great defense for 25 seconds shot clock would get low and we would commit a foul and it just it felt like we couldn't string some possessions together on the defensive end without fouling is that a concern to you uh, it's hard to judge based off how ridiculous the officiating was last night. <laughs> um, my I was just man, and I, and look, we, we record
2: after every game. I haven't hammered the officials this year. Mm-hmm. It's not really my thing. Yeah, but last night was pathetic, man. That was just
0: piss poor, pathetic. So it's hard to judge it. Zeb's been kind of doing that a lot lately. Like he's been locking guys down the whole time and then fouling lately, late in the shot clock. But no, it's not. That's not something I'm overly concerned with. Um, my main thing is, if you look at it, you shot 14 three-pointers last night. That's about where this team used to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you shot 14 threes, and then your percentage is much higher inside the paint. So, you know, you're up around you're up around 50% of shooting, and you shot only 28% from three. So, you make your free throws, and you have to because Ole Miss... Maybe Sixteen out of eighteen, but you out them by ten. You have more assists. A weird stat is the blocks; they have what eight to one. That's, mm-hmm. that's different. But like we talk about, you score over seventy to seventy-five points, and then have less than twelve turnovers, and it's going to be just very, very rare for this Auburn team to lose.
1: Mm, man, uh, thoughts on real quick, man. Thoughts on the one-three-one zone from Ole Miss, man. Uh, just. I thought I know you mentioned earlier how how well Flan attacked that and everything. Uh, I thought Auburn did an exceptional job with it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the one three one zone. Uh, it, it just opens up a lot of opportunity uh, in the paint and everything, and, and just uh, a lot of cuts. And and I thought Auburn did uh, uh, just a phenomenal job with the one three one zone last night. But just talk a little bit about that and what Ole Miss tried to do there.
0: I thought Bruce was prepared for it and. If I was going against Auburn, I'd go two three. Mm-hmm. But I, I get you know you try you're running the zone, you're trying to do something. I don't know how much Ole Miss does that on the regular. I just haven't watched enough of their games. But so I don't know if that was something specific to Auburn. But we looked prepared for it. Yep. Um, Flan attacked it perfect,
1: and Jalen attacked it perfect. Yep. And then Jani did as well. They all got right into that sweet spot. Mm right there in between so you guys so you got your
0: oh. going at the top it could be a, a small forward, i guess but you got your main guy at the top and you got your three and your one down at the bottom right there between that one and the middle three there's a little sweet spot and we just attacked and penetrated that perfectly and just nice little floaters nice little hooks um and it was something that you could tell we practiced and we knew was coming we were ready for it right out the gate
1: hmm hit the nail on the head, man. I I absolutely agree. Uh, I thought Auburn played phenomenal. Uh, I thought the, you know, it it was, the first half wasn't great, right? but but look, we all expected that on the road, right, Dustin? We 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 knew they were going to come out a little sluggish. Ole Miss, I mentioned it on the live last night. Ole Miss always plays us tough in that building, year in and year out, dude. They play us tough over there, so it wasn't any surprise. I had a I had an Alabama fan. He messaged me at halftime last night, and he said, "Well, I guess I should have took Ole Miss money line, huh?" And I said, "Look, buddy, uh, you know." Auburn Auburn's gonna win the basketball game, and after the game, I come back to the message, and he had hearted my message, and I was like, you know, just don't don't lose faith there. Come on, man.
0: Yeah, the state of basketball, uh, or the state of Alabama, needs like a basketball symposium. <laughs> uh, it's just new. It's just new, man. It's new, and I. Uh, it's it's my favorite sport growing up. It's the sport I grew up around and played my whole life. So, uh, but man there is a lot of, like our fan base has a
1: pretty good iq when it comes to football you know what i mean like
2: yeah. i would put us up against anybody and uh whether it goes to football
0: or baseball or things like that but watching alabama and Auburn fans talk about basketball can get pretty rough um <laughs> yeah mean it's a two-half like i was i was uh, tapping in with you on the live stream mm-hmm. uh, i was at my brother's house so i went on there as much as normal but you know I checked in when you get halftime, and man, I was like, neither one of you, you weren't worried at all. There was there was just no concern. If you even Auburn Twitter wasn't freaking out, there was yep. no concern. I was like, we know we're going to come in here in the second half and, and close this out. And um, Ole Miss is one of them teams, man. Like you said, they give us problems. They definitely give us problems in that building. And let's not forget, Blake, we're the defending SEC champs. Mm. Teams are going to come for us, man, and. We've won a lot of games over the past five, six years. Like, we are now a team that people circle and say, okay, Mm -hmm. Auburn's in the building. Bruce Pearl's in the building. We most likely beat them last time, and they want to get us. And that's, you know, everybody wants to knock off the conference champs.
1: Whoo man, Dustin, you hit the nail on the head again right there, my buddy. Uh absolutely, man. Uh we were once we were once out hunting, all right? And now we're being the hunted. All right. Uh you like I said before, you know, you look over the previous five years, Auburn is right there at the top in the most wins in the SEC. And just what Bruce Pearl has done with this basketball team, man, and this program is just Mind blowing! It's mind blowing, man. That that Auburn is at the top of the conference every year in basketball. Uh, so you know we're very appreciative of, of Coach Bruce Pearl. And one thing I wanted love you, to <laughs> love you, Bruce. <laughs> one thing I wanted to say, Dustin, is you know I sit here and I watch a couple of these games around the conference, man. Right now, watching Arkansas and Alabama, and I watched a little bit of South Carolina and Kentucky last night. And oh. man, let me tell you something, oh. Dustin. People think that Auburn can't shoot. Guess what, my buddy? Kentucky, you want to talk about a team that can't shoot the basketball? Arkansas, you want to talk about another team that can't shoot the basketball? I think I would rather watch paint dry. It's bad. Like, bad, bad. And I'm telling you what, Dustin. Right now, man, I know where Auburn sits for me right now. After I really sit down and watch some of these other games, man. Where does Auburn sit right now with you in the in the SEC conference? If you had to do a, a power ranking or or anything right. like that, man, where do they sit? Right now,
0: unfortunately, uh, the other team in the state is number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Tennessee is two,
1: mm-hmm. and then yeah, we're, we'll be number three. Yeah, yeah absolutely, one hundred percent agree. No doubt, have to put us at three. And and, and, I'll make this point about Bama real quick, brother.
0: And this game tonight is to be determined. Before the game, I picked Arkansas uh, just because they need this win and it's at home. Um, But we'll see. Their are falling to one of three. But say this about Bama: I'll say they win this game tonight. They're number four in the country right now, and they get wrong a little bit. Kind of resembles us last year, wouldn't it? Mm.
1: Maybe getting hot at the wrong time. Great point. Great point. I mean, they're thirteen and two, three and zero in the conference, fourth in the country. Uh, they played a a ridiculous non-con schedule. Oh, I man, mean, they're great. They're a great team. I'm just saying, you know, like
0: it's a long
1: season. We just watched no it last year. No doubt. No doubt. One hundred percent. But I'm I'm definitely with you, Dustin. I, I would put us at three right now. Uh, if we if we were to do a power ranking, uh, you know, like you said, Alabama and Tennessee are the top two in my opinion right now, and then I, I think you got to put us third, and uh, I think we're in a good spot right now. You know, I, I think Auburn basketball, even though with the loss to Georgia, man, like I, I try to make a point on Twitter earlier today is you know people we freaked out over the Georgia loss, but. I watched an Alabama team last year. They went to Athens and lost, all right? And that was Georgia's only SEC win last year. So Alabama still made the tournament last year. It happens, Dustin. It happens, man. Going on the road is ridiculously hard, like you said, in this league. And I watched a Kentucky team lose to South Carolina at home last night. And then I have – a guy on Twitter telling me today that you have to win all of your home games and, uh, you know, you can't lose at home. Look, like you've mentioned many a times on this podcast, Auburn is going to lose a game at home. It's going to happen. But to sit here and say that this Auburn team isn't great because we beat a mediocre, below-average Ole Miss team on the road, and if we lose a game at home, it's just absolutely terrible. And, I mean – that's insane, man. That's insane. You know, and and I'll be the first one. I panicked after Georgia. I was scared that, you know, here we go. Alabama's at the top, and we might not even make the tournament after this loss. You know, I was I was terrified, man. But after these last two performances, I mean, they have you know they have gotten my spirits back one hundred percent. Just that was insane today on Twitter, man. Just the 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 reaction that I got from that was. We can't lose a game at home. What does that even mean? Like, you're telling me Auburn can't drop a game in conference at home, and we're just terrible. Like that, I, I, I didn't even get the thread, man. Like I was so confused by it, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, old oh boy danced in a lot of different places. All of a sudden, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, and that I don't know what point was trying to be made there. And
0: the only reason we're even addressing it is because. It's all started when I basically said what I'll show this podcast many times. I said after the Arkansas game, I said, don't freak out when we lose again. My point was we're happy tonight because we beat a good Arkansas team. But when we lose again, it'll probably look ugly Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, that's how you lose basketball games. You commit turnovers. You miss shots. Like, that's how you lose. It looks ugly. Mm -hmm. And it'll probably look bad. And then it'll be Okay because they're still going to win more games. And, and, and I made the point in that tweet, you're going to lose a home game too. Mm-hmm. And that's because no one's won every home game ever. And we're already almost at 30. So at some point, and it might even be to a team we're supposed to be. And all I'm saying is just sit back in that night and go, okay, well, I mean, we played 30-plus games. This is going to happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. And for multiple people jumped on me for that. That's why we're addressing it because there's people out there that think apparently that you don't, you can't lose, that their point was we can't lose any home games
2: and there's only, we should only lose at Alabama and then somebody else (laughs) on the road. Yeah. And that's, and that's it. And then we should win the national championship.
0: And that's the expectation. It's just like, how is that your expectation for a program that's been playing basketball 100 years and never won a national championship? What are you even talking about? <laughs> and to say that you should win every game on the road, I'm not totally mean to anybody, but like you, when you say something like that, all I hear is I've never stood on the free throw line in a road game. <laughs> and I'm not claiming to have played D1 ball or anything.
2: Yeah. Like when you say, but, you know, but when you say something like that,
0: I know that you've never played organized basketball. You've never gone into a gym that was chanting your number. You suck, waving at you behind. Like, get out of here, I man! You've never been there because if you ha- if you have been there, then you wouldn't say something so ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lot harder because when you're playing at home, those are your friends in the student section, mm-hmm. and they're cheering for you. It's just different, man. It's a different thing. Like, and the records bear that out. The stats bear that out. Turn the TV on and watch the games every night. Mm. Yeah, man. So, just a dumb, just a very, a very <laughs> dumb thing to say, and, like, tamper your expectations, man, like, and, and, I, and we're not, this is on a podcast where we condone losing or, or anything, like, you know, like, we're, we're pretty hard with it, Yeah, man. we'll get after them after a loss, but well, national championship and undefeated is your expectation? <laughs> Multiple people in this fan base are popping off about that being the expectation,
1: what are you talking about? <laughs> Dude, I, and, and you know, like, I got on them after the Georgia loss. I was like, hey, this is unacceptable, you know. I was hard on Auburn after the Georgia loss. And then, like, I'm reading that tweet today, and I'm like, hold on, man. The defending national champions last year, the Kansas Jayhawks, welcomed the Kentucky Wildcats, uh, Wildcats into the fog. They they welcomed them into the fog, Dustin, and they got beat by almost forty on their home court. They ended up winning the national championship, Dustin. All right, I was there. They were down twenty nine at halftime in the Natty, and they come back and won. All right. So, what do you mean by we can't lose a like we can't lose a game at home? Like it's just asinine, man. Like like just complete. Craziness. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it was just a weird, weird day on that thread, man. I just I can't even get over it. It's just mind-boggling. But, Dustin, man, one thing I do want to talk about is, before we get into the national championship recap and everything, talk a little bit about that shellacking, I wanted to roll on over here to Coach Hugh Freeze, or brother Hugh, Reverend Hugh, whatever we want to call him, man. He flips a center, all right, from – from the Fighting Illini, Illinois, and Mr. Brett Bielema, which we know has a past in the SEC at the University of Arkansas. And we get on Twitter, man, and we see the flip happens, and then all of a sudden Mr. Bielema gets excited on Twitter and starts popping off, man, starts having a day, got some Twitter fingers going, and and just all of a sudden it turns into a pure meltdown, Dustin. I mean, what happened with Brett Bielema and Twitter? I mean, come on. Uh, he's claiming that we came in and dropped the bag at the 11th hour. Um, can't help, I help it. I don't know. Dustin, I can't help it. We're not broke. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Let,
0: let's say that that happened. Um, well, cool beans. Because yeah. we have Tony Mitchell in the bag. And mm. then somebody called in the 11th hour and dropped a big bag on him. Hmm. And now he don't play for Auburn, so I'm sorry if
1: we're playing the game. And but I'll ask you this: How much of a bag do you think Auburn drops on a center with one year of eligibility left? Mm, not much. Like, and, yeah, dude. Like, okay, maybe we maybe we said what is Illinois offering, and then threw in some more. But who is Illinois, uh, Dustin? They had their best year in a long time. Yeah. uh, They went, what, (laughs) 8-5? Yeah, and and, and let me tell you something, man. Don't ever, if you're an Illinois fan, I don't want to ever, ever in a million years hear you compare yourself to Auburn in football. Ever. I don't want to ever go down that road. You hear me? Because (laughs) that is piss poor. You don't know a dang thing about what you're talking about. All right? That that is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard in my life to say that Illinois is a better football program than Auburn. Just I mean, you don't even deserve to talk about college football anymore. Just just go in a corner, cry yourself to sleep and you got flipped. I hate it for you. I'm sorry, but you got flipped. You know, it's it's the full it's the freeze effect. I'm sorry. Go cry in a corner, man.
0: It was, it was funny, so to all these Illinois fans that have the audacity to say the things they were saying, all-time record, Auburn is 19th out of the 131 FBS teams that qualify, with a .626 win percentage.
1: Mm. Talk to me.
0: Illinois is 89th with point five zero three. <laughs>
1: Talk to me. (laughs)
0: All games, Auburn has attended 46. Illinois has attended 20.
1: Talk to me. (laughs) Auburn has won 793
0: games. We'll crack 800 this year. And if you want to go back and look at stupid probations we have been put on and had to vacate wins over the years for doing the exact same things that everybody else was doing, we just have the audacity to beat the people across the state. Mm. It would already be over eight hundred. Mm. Illinois, six hundred twenty-seven all-time wins. That's good for fifty-eighth.
1: <laughs> Talk to me, Dustin. Hey, man, don't don't let them Alabama fans hear you say that too loud. Now, all right. Don't don't. Oh, no, you know, listen. <laughs> we didn't play them for we didn't play him for forty years for a
0: reason. Yep. Uh, they wanted to bring the refs. Like, no, we got the refs. Just trust us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, we're going to cancel. Which, by the way, ain't much changed, huh? Time marches on, said Tracy <laughs> Lawrence. Um, and we didn't get to play you at home until the governor of the state stepped in because Pat By said, we're not doing this anymore. We pulled it once before. We'll pull it again.
1: Mm. Because we're not going to, quote, unquote, Neutral site in Birmingham anymore? Yeah, which isn't play, nowhere near, yeah. nowhere near a neutral site, man. Uh, as the great David Housel,
0: old uh, ex Auburn athletic director, still involved with in the university, he said, "Birmingham near the Iron Bowl was as neutral as the beaches of Normandy on
1: D-Day." Hmm. <laughs> I don't want to laugh at that, but uh, um, man. You know, just interesting. Interesting stuff from Illinois, man. A a huge pickup for Auburn, but interesting stuff. That's why I wanted to talk about it tonight, man. It just, it really, when I saw it going down, I said, hold on, man. I hate when a school attacks a kid for flipping his commitment and... Thirty minutes prior to all this, you were just saying that he was a lock to Illinois. You were just saying, hey man, this dude right here, he's a dog, man. He started every game for, for uh ECU and and he's just he he's a stud center, he's the number three center in the portal and, and we got him in the bag. And then all of a sudden once he flips, you say, Oh no, watch his tape. He's soft. He's soft. He 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 ain't cut out for Illinois football. Man, don't change your record. All right, don't change your tune. Stick stick to your guns, dog. You're just mad and you're upset because Auburn played you, all right? Because you're a nobody, and Auburn's trying to get back to being a somebody. So get played. I hate that you're poor, and I'm sorry that your coach is ugly. You know. Well, the thing that shocks me about Brett is you ain't you ain't used to losing to Auburn. Like, ain't ain't you the cat? That yeah, came in and tried to stomp on our logo when we were praying around it, and then took
2: the worst SEC beating in history? (laughs) Ain't you that guy? Yeah.
0: Here's a quote from Avery Jones. I was kind of questioning myself a lot when Coach Freeze first called me. I always knew I wanted to play in the SEC. It's the best league in the country. I liked, liked Coach Bielema. That's Mm. why I committed to Illinois. So it was tough, man but I couldn't waste this opportunity to go to a school like Auburn. I have saw the facilities and whoa, everyone knows about their fan base. Mm. And to be in the SEC and playing around all these great players and being in these facilities, it's just too good an opportunity. It's literally a dream come true. After talking to Coach Freeze, it's obvious he has a great record of turning schools around and now he can do it quickly. He's a great coach. It just feels like a great fit. Mm. Okay. The kid's got one year left. He wants to put on some SEC tape. He sees an opportunity to play. This is perfect for us because now Connor Luke is to play in four games, red shirt, beef up, and be ready to go with four years of eligibility next year. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, and, and you want to play in what? The Big Ten West? Get out of here, man. Or whatever they're in. Yeah, I think they're in the West. And come on. I mean.
0: Yeah, big battles with
1: Northwestern. Yeah, Northwestern and Purdue. Yeah, have fun, man. Um, <laughs> come on it's it's not even close people not even close man uh but dustin moving on uh our our third and final segment brother there there was a if you want to call it a football game monday night for the national championship uh all i know is i saw georgia order 20 daytona beach wings and had them delivered to the sideline and and uh they were they were chawing down on on some daytonas and this thing was so far out of hand man. It, it, it just wasn't even fun to watch. There was nothing about it that just popped as a national championship game, man. But 65-7. to 65-7, Dustin. What were your thoughts? And I know I know, I mentioned it in the intro, Dustin. I know you got some words for Mr. Sonny Dykes. Let me hear it, brother.
0: There was a play on uh, the first drive, or TCU, maybe second drive. It doesn't matter. But – they tried to run a little counter. And mm-hmm. by the time that their o line started to shift and, well, when they're they're running back, he got that handoff. He starts to go the other way, and then some of those alignment turn to make this counter work. What happened was every other time you see this play, the running back gets it. Okay, we're going right. No, going left. And he's at least able to make the cut. Mm-hmm. What happened here was was the Georgia defensive lineman grabbed all of them simultaneously, grabbed TCU's offensive lineman, and shoved them out the way, and then eleven red helmets tackled the running back as he was getting the handoff, and it was at that
2: moment that Sony Dyke shit his pants, <laughs> and
0: because all of a sudden he realized,
2: uh oh. Yeah.
0: Oh boy, Yeah, I'm not in Lubbock today. Uh-oh, this ain't Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Mm. This is a little bit different, isn't it? And i he's obviously a good football coach, so I don't know why he said what he said. Because let's just look at Auburn. Who do we play non-conference this year? Penn State. Penn State. Yep. Eleven and two. Penn State. Yep. A historic powerhouse. A college football pillar. Penn State. Did we have to play Penn
1: State, Blake? Nope. We did not. We did it. Could have scheduled. Could have scheduled Kent State or somebody like that. Could have. Or Cal, like we're playing next year.
0: We go up to Happy Valley last year and play in the Whiteout game. Yep. Didn't have to do that. Then go back and look. We played Oregon before. We played Washington before. We're never scared to schedule anybody non conference. Yep. And then we schedule. We played Louisville with Lamar Jackson. Yep. And. Who are three teams that are automatic for us?
1: Hmm. Talk Not to you. Me. They've been any good in the last 25 years? <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> oh, okay. And Alabama. Yeah. Those are all three. Oh. Not
0: only do we play all three of those teams every year, but they're all rivals. Yep, They're the team that our coaches and players are expected to compete and beat with and beat because those are all rivals. Mm -hmm. So we have to be on par with them. And that's pretty hard to be on par with the top three programs, you could throw in Ohio State, over the past 25 years. Mm. I mean, man, that, you know, damn, dude. So, we play those three teams every year. Not to mention the other stuff in the SEC. And you want to say something because Western Kentucky's before Alabama? What does it matter? What are you talking about, bud? (laughs) One of our lesser games, our fourth or fifth hardest game, was Lane Kiffin in Oxford. Does Lane Kiffin know how to score points? What do you think he would do in the Big 12? 90 a game? Like It was so It's such a stupid thing to say And that That's just Albert Let's, let's bring a South Carolina fan on here mm-hmm. Who does South Carolina play every year To end the year out of conference? Clemson Let's bring a Florida fan on here
1: mm. What's Florida, Florida State. done over the last
0: 30 years? Mm. Well, we played Utah, and we played Florida State. I know Florida State's had some downtime
1: recently, but over the last 30 years, has Florida State been any good? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so what is Sonny Dykes
0: talking about? And mm. he got to find out. And 65-7, to 7, you're lucky I ain't running the college football committee. You're mm. lucky I ain't running the NCAA, because you'd be on a postseason ban next year
1: for making the whole country you have to watch that garbage. Oh my God, Dustin! So, you know, we made our picks and everything, man. Obviously, I'm there's no way I'm picking Georgia uh, on any podcast that I go on. In my gut, like I said, I knew who was going to win the game. It, it it wasn't hard to see. I was pulling for TCU, obviously, because I'm an Auburn fan. I did not want to see Georgia win, but we knew, Dustin, we knew the three three five defense wasn't going to hold up. Uh, there's just too many running lanes in that defense. And they couldn't cover the scene with Brock Bowers to save their life. I mean, dude had a career day. I walked into my dad's house the other night, and as soon as he opened up the door, he said, uh, you might want to get on prize picks and take whatever Brock Bowers has for receptions. He said, you might want to hammer it. And uh, I said, man, don't tell me that. And he said, I'm just telling you. And I said, I know, I know, it's going to happen. And, uh, man, that is that's probably the worst college football game I've ever watched uh between two you know big time programs two P5s it's probably one of the worst with with something on the line of that magnitude the worst game of it that was worse than 2004 man with Oklahoma and USC it was rough it was rough to watch uh but my thing here is everybody saying that TCU didn't deserve it TCU didn't deserve it look people TCU won a damn playoff game 2 weeks ago all right yeah, it's so a game to get there. Exactly. It's so hard to say, oh, well, they didn't deserve it. Uh, people, they deserved it. They deserved to be there. Now, were they the team that should have been there? Absolutely not. I'm about to lay it out for you. This is where the committee messed up. Did the committee get it right on the four teams? Absolutely, they did. Those were the four teams to get in. But what they were trying to do, Dustin, and I will tell you this straight up, they yeah, wanted oh, yeah. they wanted the game as the national championship. And what they were planning on doing was Michigan beat TCU, which they thought was going to happen. Convincingly, they thought Michigan was going to tear TCU up. And then they were hoping that Ohio State would beat Georgia so they could get the game rematch in the natty. Because what does it all come down to, Dustin? It comes down to money. And I keep trying to tell folks that, man. That's exactly what they were trying to get done. Get Jim Harbaugh to the natty, and hopefully Ohio State can pull an upset. What they should have done is they should have put Ohio State as the three seed and put TCU at the four, let Georgia tear TCU out the frame, and then the winner of Michigan and Ohio State could get to the natty. Let them rematch in the semifinals. But I'm not on the college football committee. It is what it is. Uh, We got a boring national championship, and look, for everybody that's saying, well, when we go to 12, it's just going to, you know, it's going to make up for stuff like this. I don't think it is, Dustin. All right. Because I just think you're going to have even more blowouts. And, D- Dustin, tell me this, man. Tell me this. How many years, all right, each and every year, how many good teams, national championship contenders are there really in college football? Because this year, I could look and see maybe 2 3 all right and i mean honestly like georgia was so far better so much better than each and every team in the country man and then you had ohio state and michigan right there but just the gap and i know ohio state should have beat georgia and all that but i think i think that was just a long layoff for georgia man and and they they got they got caught They weren't, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. He had a career night and everything like that. I think Georgia was kind of. And CJ Stroud is that dude, man. I think Georgia just got kind of caught, man. They got caught slipping, uh, and they still won the game. But I think Georgia was just that much better in college football this year. And everybody keeps throwing, well, Alabama would have given them a better game. Yeah, Alabama would have given them a better game, but they'd have still got beat by two damn touchdowns. All right? You lost two games. Shut your mouth. All right? Shut it. It's over. Like, you're not getting into the college football playoff. I'm sorry. And I just look each and every year, and I see one or two, maybe three teams every year that can compete realistically for a national championship. Because when I really look down the line, wasn't nobody beating Georgia, man. I don't care if you go to 28 teams, 36 teams, uh, 48 teams, whatever you want to go to. I don't care. I really don't, man. Like, Georgia was just – in my opinion, they are the new standard in college football. And if you want to get on the whole, oh well, Saban he's still coaching and everything. Look, the trajectory the trajectory of the Georgia program is on a it's on a skyrocket. All right, it is going up, man. Nick Saban and his age. I know they just brought in the number one class, Dustin, but how much longer is he going to be around, man? You got to look how young Kirby is. Kirby's not going anywhere, Dustin. This thing is here to stay at Georgia for a long time, and I think that's what people really aren't looking at right now is I don't think how I don't care how many teams you go to Georgia is here they're for real they are about to be a a huge dynasty, and all these people said, oh well, we'll never see another dynasty like Alabama, man, watch out because Georgia they're on their way. I'm telling you man it's just i I just I get tired of hearing all the arguments about, well, we deserve to be in and everything. Well, guess what? When you when you push it to 12, Dustin, guess who's going to be complaining about how they should have got in? Number 13. is going to complain, all right? 13 and 14 are going to say, well, we were one of the top 12 teams. Like I said in previous episodes, Dustin, it's going to be just like March Madness. The first NIT team to get sent is going to say, well, we deserve to be in March Madness. Why didn't we get in? I mean, it's just it's just how it goes, man. And look, give Georgia their props, man. They they were elite. Stetson Bennett. You can make fun of his age all you want to. He's the damn mailman, Dustin. He delivers on holidays, not holidays, regular weekdays, Saturdays. It don't matter, man. He delivers ground, air, whatever you want. All right, he will show up to the ring doorbell and deliver it. And Man, like like look at McConkie. I mean, Georgia just can beat you in so many ways. They averaged nine yards a carry the other night. Insane, man. Insane. Absolutely insane. They're 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 ungodly, man. They're 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 just freaks. They are freaks, man. That defense will absolutely light you up. And so I'm just uh I'm just tired of hearing all the fussing and chattering over expand, expand, expand. We deserve this. We deserve that. Man, you didn't deserve nothing. You lost two games. Shut up. You know, I'm I'm sick of it. You know, you lost your two biggest games, Tennessee and LSU. Shut up. So, I I had to go on that spiel, man. And and, what did you think about that pregame speech from Kirby, Dustin? (laughs) You saw what I said. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah
0: with you on the two games thing i mean like you lost two games bro and that's why you that's why you play the season so and i feel that same way for the team that misses out on the tournament it's like the sixty-fifteen. it's like well man uh don't lose some of them games like
2: you yeah. obviously didn't have a good enough season to be a lock like you acknowledge you were on the bubble so yep. you made mistakes throughout the season that put you in that position i don't want to
0: hear that um as far as the speech dude that's that's what it's like inside a lot of locker rooms yep we won't be getting that from brother Hugh uh, and you know that's the, the the main thing is that you're authentic and that's who Kirby is that was authentic and he's got
1: some kind of voodoo powers or something brother because I <laughs> I don't know who told these boys they were going six and six. <laughs> man, he did. He did. Like, what? What was that? He convinced them that they were really going five and seven, six and six. <laughs> like, no one said this a Trump. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did for sure. Uh, insane, man. Insane stuff. That all of them, all the whole team. Yeah, doubted
0: us. No, we didn't, dude.
1: No, like, I didn't doubt you. I didn't think you were going to repeat just because it's so damn hard to repeat, Dustin. Like, right. like dude, I mean, what they did was incredible. Um, but, and, and you know, I, I had my doubts of, of Stetson Bennett coming back for another year. I was just like, can he get it done? And there was some talk of, you know, how good are they going to be on defense? I know they lost a ton from last year, but, man, they might have been even better, honestly, Dustin. But, you know, I had I had my doubts. I didn't. You know, I knew they were going to be a top top tier team. Nobody doubted that. Nobody six and six and five and seven is just blasphemy. But what Kirby did, man, to just actually get them to buy into that and actually believe that phenomenal coaching, man. I just uh, can't sit here and say enough about it. I know I hate Georgia, but uh, just incredible job, man! Incredible season. Uh, hate on Stetson Bennett all you want to, dude's a dog, and and they were top to bottom, man. They were the best. Uh, There's just nothing else to say about it. Yeah, it, it sucks. And, uh, <laughs> it does suck, man. It sucks so they've bad. Dominated us. They've dominated us. I want to say it's 15 of 18, 16 of 19. It
0: is something. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's got to stop.
2: It's got to stop, and.
0: Uh, I think we got the right guy in place because I'm
1: getting tired of this. Same, brother, same. Well, before we wrap up, Dustin, one thing, man, I wanted to uh, shout out real quick. The NCAA has decided that all volunteer baseball and softball coaches and other sports uh, will come off. They will drop the volunteer tag, and they will become coaches in the athletic department, man, paid Coaches in the athletic department. Uh, how cool is that? And uh, I, now I know we need to step in and get the 11.7 in the baseball world figured out, man. we we got to gotta bump those numbers up, Dustin. Yeah, I'm all, I mean, the 11.7 thing is huge. When you look at a team like Arkansas, I believe Arkansas is allowed 21. So
0: how are we expected to compete? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that, that whole situation is ridiculous. I'm glad that they got this one figured out. Uh, it never should have been a thing,
1: a long time coming type deal. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things in baseball, man, that has got to get picked up, fixed, and figured out. Yeah, um, Yeah,
0: we won't even get into all that, but that was that's a good step. I'm with it 100%.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's huge news. Uh, and and as you know, man, the Auburn Tigers, were so close. I think it's, what, 37, 36 days before first pitch. Yeah, right there, yeah. And uh, I know we open up with Indiana, man. That'll be a big-time series for the Auburn Tigers right there at Plainsman Park. Uh, go ahead and start planning your trips, uh, planning your, your stay in Auburn, getting your tickets and everything like that, man. It's going to be a big, big weekend. Pack out Plainsman Park. Auburn baseball, man, it's it's coming up on us, Dustin. So, uh, with that being said, man, I'll, I'll drop the floor to you, give you uh, give you the mic to tell everybody your final thoughts and drop your social media content, man. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Demerside28.
0: Go over to the YouTube page, Southern Sports Daily. Got a lot of stuff coming up this week, man. Um, we'll be doing a podcast this weekend with your boy Josh from Rising to the Occasion. That's awesome. He's an Oklahoma fan, so we're gonna, I'm going to ask him a lot of questions. I kind of want to get his feel on just what is their take on coming over to the SEC. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. We focus just on football, and there's definitely going to be a lot of football questions. But the travel, like these are brand new fan bases. They've been playing those teams that they played. This would be like think about if Auburn moved the conference. Yeah. There's just so much involved in that. How is this going to affect our volleyball team, their tennis team? I mean, this is every sport. So now you got to travel from Norman,
2: Oklahoma, on a Wednesday night to Gainesville for a conference game. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a lot, just a lot of crazy stuff to think about. So,
0: And uh, I know you work with him on Rising the Occasion. He's a great dude, so I really look forward to that. You're coming on tomorrow night to break down NFL playoffs yeah. and make our picks and talk about that. And then... Monday,
1: you can watch me act an ass on the live stream, the Bucs-Cowboys game. Let's so, go. Uh, a lot of
0: stuff coming over there. Follow the Southern Sports
1: Daily. Let's go, man. That's big time. I will definitely check in on that live stream Monday night, man. Excited for the NFL playoffs uh, and excited to join your channel tomorrow night to give my picks on the NFL playoffs, man. And Josh, it, it, what a great episode that's going to be, Dustin. Josh, such a good guy. You uh, give me an opportunity to join him over there every Saturday morning. Uh, we did just a little college game day special. It was really fun. Gave big breakdowns each saturday morning gave our picks and everything and just uh really really fun to work with man really smart really knowledgeable uh, knows the whole tech side of things when it comes to podcasting and just a really, really genuine good dude, man. So you will enjoy that episode, that interview. It would be fantastic, man. Uh, but if you could, everybody go to the YouTube page, the Uptempo Pod. Uh, just uh, subscribe to that, follow it, click the bell for notifications when I do go live for the Auburn basketball games. We'll be going live also for Auburn baseball games. And man, it's just full steam ahead with this podcast. Me and Dustin are grinding each and every day trying to give you some great Auburn content. I know there's other platforms out there that cover Auburn. The War Report, uh, we know what Zach does over there. Uh, on Locked On Auburn and just the great job from Auburn Daily and just everybody, man, that is associated with this school. Uh, Just a fantastic job covering Auburn sports. So uh, we really appreciate each and everybody that listens to this podcast, Apple, Spotify. Go check us out. Rate us. Like us. uh, Leave a comment. Do what you got to do, man. It, It really helps the pod. So we appreciate each and every one of you. And with that being said, we're out. We'll catch you on the next one. War Damn Eagle, everybody.